Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and it's all changed because it's a new microphone in a new location but I'll tell you more about that in a wee while um, as I desperately try and use curtains um, to see if I can dampen down this room at this particularly high ceiling and if actually that's a bit of a clue to where I uh, to where I am um, but before we get anywhere near close I know I just heard a bit of reverb there um, we'll start off with a little bit of that twangy guitar Monday. How has it taken me this long to listen to the new Tears for Fears album? I can't say I'm a a, a massive Tears for Fears fan. Uh, though I've always liked the things I've heard. I probably would be a massive Tears for Fears fan if I actually invested a bit more time listening to their their um, catalogue. And to be honest, unlike, say, Bob Dylan or Neil Young, it's not like the, cat- the catalogue's absolutely massive. So I, I should be able to get round to doing that relatively easily. But I've not actually, as a rule, got down to it. So that's probably something to spend some time on. Um, but the new album, The Tipping Point, is magnificent. And I think part of the problem is it came out at the same time that the new Meridian album came out. So consequently, I didn't really give it much, um, much sort of time. Well, I didn't give it any time at all. I've only, I only actually put it on this week. But in one listen, I was absolutely mesmerised. Um, and that doesn't happen with albums that often. Um, though I am finding as I'm getting older, the more things I listen to, the more I kind of am able to appreciate on one or two listens. When I was younger, I seemed to have to really work at an album to get to know it. I seemed to need to know all the lyrics and I seemed to need to, to you know, to really, you know, really work on, on an album. Um, and, and the idea that you could listen to an album once or twice to say, review it or listen to an album once or twice to, to, to make a judgment on it seemed to be a bit alien. But as, I, as I'm getting older, I, I do seem to be able to listen to something a lot more and go, Actually, yes, that's good. I really like that. Um, that's really strong. Uh, that would stand up to multiple listens. I think that's the bit I'm, I'm trying to, or I'm, I'm able to get to now, that I can say, yep. Yeah, if I, if I, you know, if I listen to this ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty more times, I'm still going to take something from it. I'm still going to enjoy it. It's rich, it's dense, it works for me, and I, and I kind of get it. Um, and, and that was very much the case with with uh, with the tipping point. And actually, I've listened to it again today for the third time, and it's it's already dropping in that kind of. This is an absolute classic, um, an absolute classic. Tears and Fears, one of those bands, are a bit like Aha, really. That it's almost a shame they had the hits that they had in the eighties because it's not who they are. Um, I think, but bizarrely, I think Duran Duran are a little bit like that. Or certainly, later period Duran Duran are a bit like that. Um, but but Tears for Fears, it's 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 a band that that kind of didn't need. Ahas maybe another one that didn't need those Uber hits, um, because actually, as they've developed, they've become a different band to what they they not what they were, but what you thought of them as because of the first songs that you heard or the ones that got you know massive amounts of of airplay. Um, so. As a suggestion, if you and I know there's a lot of people here, and I know that we've got quite similar music, uh, you know, musical taste, but that's one I would, I would absolutely recommend if you've not checked it out as yet. Tuesday. Part of the problem with where we are 
um, in a political sense and in terms of a public discourse um, sense is is uh, is kind of today really. Um, so we start off this morning with the news cycle being full of the report that's come out into uh, the whole situation around Afghanistan and the withdrawal from Afghanistan and the failures of people like Dominic Raab and the, 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 the lack of preparedness uh, for that situation. And it's a relatively, it's not relative, it's a very damning report. Um, but the reason why um, I talk about the, the problem is that that, that which... In a, in a normal sense, in, in normal times, would have dominated the news cycle for days, possibly weeks. It possibly would have dominated from the Sunday, sorry, from the Tuesday through to the Sunday papers. Um, that was booted off by midday when pictures of the Prime Minister holding a wine glass and an event that wasn't a party that he didn't get fined for um, were leaked to um, ITV and then dominated the news you know from then on in now we knew we were coming to this anyway because the sue gray reports due out um so so that was going to be part of the week and we knew that would shape part of the week but the afghanistan thing's really 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 big story um and yet it's just it will you know it hasn't cut through i mean yes it cut through in the moment of course it did um but it didn't take uh, anything more than those pictures to knock it, knock it off the cycle. And that's not to say that the pictures aren't important either. The pictures really are important. But in this sense of a government that's just stumbling from one catastrophe to another, and you could say, well, okay, it's a bigger thing. It needs, it, it, you know, that, it, that should knock Afghanistan off. But the, the 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 thing I'm concerned about is that there's so much that's been done that's wrong and we're not getting to examine all of it in enough detail and i don't know whether we will and of course the the thing for that is it's not out of a sense of schadenfreude or, or a sense of you know it's it, it's continually wanting to bash this government though if there's any government that's worth bashing this one's fairly high up on the list it's to do with the fact that we're never going to learn if we don't take the time to examine the stuff you know in in a in a calm sober manner and as of today, the Afghanistan thing has not had that calm, sober coverage. And of course, there's lots like that. I mean, it, it's such a, you know, it's such a few years of, uh, of events, I suppose, but events that have been handled so badly, you wonder if we, we, we ever really will learn. Um, and of course, if we don't learn, then there's a danger that the cycle we're going through at the moment, which isn't normal. And to say that this is how politics has got isn't true. It doesn't have to be like this. This is, this is very much um, a construct of this particular government with this particular style of permanently being uh, in campaign mode, of, of chasing down populism, of, you know, of, of constantly wanting to start a culture war. That, that everything that goes on, the, the the noise around everything is what's disrupting us from the kind of normal debate that should be going on, the normal learnings that should be going on. And, you know, and as I say, today's a great example. I'm really, I'm really quite worried about it. Um, this government will pass and we will, to a certain extent, we will return to something a little bit more normal. And I suppose you could look to the US to see if it's a little bit more normal over there. But um we've chipped away you know that the lids off we've chipped away so something whether we can go back exactly 
to how we've been in the past is 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 not something I think we can do. So therefore, everything as we move forward is through this prism, not through the you know through the prism that we had previously, and that is uh, and that is uh, worry. <laughs> Wednesday. So today was fine of the day. We got the Sue Gray report today, and I kind of, as we expected, it it painted a very lurid picture of what had been going on in Downing Street. Um, we've got exactly what we thought we'd get. We'd got a statement from the Prime Minister that talked a lot about being sorry and talked a lot about technicalities. Uh, we've got definitely an idea of culture within that building of uh, you know a drinking culture. Um, a culture that I don't think is that different from probably what a lot of workplaces have been in the past. But the question is, was it appropriate through a period like that? Um, it's a difficult one, really, to know what to do with, because I think we're way past the point of a prime minister who should have resigned. Um, we are really getting into the technicalities of truth telling now, of what actually constitutes a lie and what doesn't, because... What we seem to be looking at now is the statements that we're going to have to go back over very carefully, the statements that the Prime Minister made to Parliament, but by the sounds of things there is enough, I don't think there is enough wiggle room, but there's conceivably enough wiggle room in what he said and the very particular choice of language he used to suggest that actually um, he he could, in a certain sense, claim that he didn't mislead Parliament. Um as with all of these things, if you're getting to the point of smoke and mirrors, if you're getting to the point where somebody is saying that I phrased it this way round and therefore it means this and that isn't exactly the situation in the way that you're portraying it, then we're on, we, well, then, then, you know, the balloon's up, it's already gone, it's already, it's already a lie. Um, because you have to, to a certain extent, take people's speech at face value. You can't, you can't go down and drill into what they say into absolute detail, um, just to you know to work out whether what they're saying is an un, is an untruth or not. Um, but it's it's not a good look. Uh, he shouldn't be there. Um, you know, is he, demean is he demeaning the office of state without a shadow of a doubt um, to suggest that there was something remarkably special about Downing Street through this particular period is really disingenuous to every single one of those people that worked in a school or worked in a hospital or worked in a situation where they were providing something that was keeping people going through a lockdown, keeping people alive. Um, it, you know, you can't look at it anyway and, and and because if the seriousness of what you were doing was really felt then the behavior wouldn't have gone on because in moments of absolute seriousness what you don't do is say great we've got to four o'clock on a friday let's break the wine out actually the you know the pandemics you know four o'clock on a friday till whenever the pandemic doesn't matter but the pandemic does matter at nine o'clock Monday, so let's make sure we're back on our games then. That's not how these things work. People didn't switch off at four o'clock in hospitals and say, right, that's it, because the pandemic's not working a weekend. So there's so much in that that's really that's really troubling. Um, I don't know where it'll go from here. I don't know if it'll move enough backbenchers. Um, the, the bit in all of this that just appalls me is that because the Conservative Party and they're the only people who can get rid of him don't have a successor in place then they're not prepared to 
you know, to actually sanction a man who's done what this this man has done. And that's the bit that, you know, uh, at which point it's it's a plague on all the houses. You know, every single one of them should be treated accordingly at the point when we, we can um, we can hold them to account at the ballot box. And, and we absolutely should do that um, because there will be people who will try and squirm around this at a later point in time and you can't squirm around this. Um, I mean, from the perspective of Labour, it's probably better he stays. Um, but I, I, I just, I just don't know what it does long term. I don't know how. How does this affect young people? How do young people actually deal with things like this? What do you do when you see a man with the authority that the prime minister has got acting in this in this way? What does that authorise you to do? What does that empower you to do? That's the thing that really, that really, really riles me about this entire situation. Thursday. I went down to London yesterday to go to the podcast show, which was in uh, Islington, uh, in the Business Design Centre in Islington. And it was a bit of a last minute thing. Uh, it's a fairly um, kind of chock of week this week. So it was kind of working out whether I could I could make the time. And in reality, I probably couldn't. But I, I still think it was worth going down. I thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed the day. I went down with Jason, who I do the 942 uh, podcast with and it served a number of purposes it allowed me to see a lot of uh, MIA members so it allowed me to do a bit of my day job uh, allowed me to go down and meet a few people who I've, I've met through doing the podcasting including the folks at Captivate who do all the hosting and that was fantastic and it was just an opportunity to have a, a day with Jace because um Bearing in mind we work together effectively now uh, on the on the podcast. Um, it's kind of we see each other. We talk a lot about what's going on with that. But actually, we you know we've kind of lost the bit where we were uh, we, we would just talk as mates, um, which obviously you do when you 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 start to work on projects together. So it was nice to get down there and actually spend a, a, a bit of time with him. The reason why. Uh, I'm mentioning it is because one of the, the people who were there were my old employer, sure, and it was great to catch up with um, some of the people I used to work with. And they very kindly uh, gave me a microphone uh, to try. And a microphone is the one that I'm actually talking into now. It's the one I brought away with me. It's a USB microphone. It's called an MV7. Um, and it it's designed, very much designed for podcasters. Um, so I'm giving it a bit of a try. And and to be honest, I've just actually had to... I, I don't know how this is going to sound when you listen to the podcast itself. I seem to be suffering a little bit with my plosives. So I seem to be suffering with my P's and my B's. Now, I've always struggled with my plosives when I talk. And it's always been something that's accentuated um, on a mic. It's not... The, the mic I currently use is very forgiving. Um, but this one seems to be more sensitive. It, it sounds really nice. I actually quite like, as a, as a plug-and-play solution, I really quite like it. Um, but that's the bit that's come over so far. And, and what it means is that when you when you tend to record, what you tend to do is you tend to record and you leave yourself a bit of headroom. And so what you tend to do when you finish recording is you tend to boost the, um, the gain of the signal a little bit so it can be as loud uh, as possible for the actual... Um, podcast itself for the final finished podcast um, but you always build a little bit of, of headroom in as you do the recording the problem with a um, if I have a P or a B and of course I'm saying podcast a lot so that's not helping um, is that becomes the, the the loudest part of the of the signal and and that reduces your ability to 
to e- e- you know equal out and make the rest the rest louder. So I've actually had to put a little bit of um, an effect on there, a little bit of a plug-in on there, and again another thing beginning with P, um, that to try and even that even that out. Um, and it's interesting because it changes the way you talk into the microphone. So um, I probably won't use this microphone all the time, and I'm going to have to get used to how to use it or probably I could do with a, a pop filter uh, which again is another word with P in it um, and hopefully that will that will improve it but um, it, back to the back to the show I just want to say thank you because uh, obviously they've kind of gave me something to try which is which is great and I'm thoroughly enjoying having a mess about with it uh, and just because we had a really really nice day <laughs> Friday. So this is a first. There's fireworks going on in the background. Um, I'm in Spain, um, and it's quite a long story, and it's one of the reasons why going down to London this week was a little bit tricky, um, because I knew I was flying out to Spain on Thursday afternoon. Um, and the reason I'm here is because well, I'm here for a family holiday, um, which is why I can't actually be at the Meridian Weekend in Leicester, which is where I would have been if I hadn't have been here, or at Wembley if we'd got there, which we didn't. You, you with that still? Right, okay. Um, so, and it's a, a bit weird because I've, I've been here all day on my own um, because the rest of the family are flying out now. They're actually in the air now. So I'm in I'm in the villa that we're going to be staying in, um, and I arrived. Um, I rolled in about I think I landed at ten to ten last night, and the whole reason why I'm here a day early is that um, the flight that everybody else is on was due to land at twenty past eleven, but he's going to land about um, probably about quarter past twelve uh, because it's been delayed. Um, and had we arrived at that time. Uh, with then the thought of having to get the rental car and then get over here, have absolutely nothing in the apartment when we got here, uh, or the villa when we got here, had um, then the fact that we literally wouldn't have had water or anything, um, and then the fact that everybody would have been tired and irritable and would have had to wake up knowing that the first thing we had to do was go out and get stuff. And I know it's absolutely a first world problem, so I'm, I'm conscious even as I'm saying it that it doesn't make a right lot of sense, but... I pitched to Mrs. S that I would come out a day early and I'd got some work to do, which to be fair I have actually done while I've been here, Um, but I would get here, I'd sort all the car out, I'd get to the the villa, I'd I'd fill the fridge, I'd get the whole place ready for everybody when they arrived and then I'd be at the airport to collect them. So when they arrived at the airport we we weren't doing that thing where we would have been waiting because normally the rental car can take anything up to an hour. We wouldn't have had another hour on top and I can just grab them from the airport, bundle them into the car, drive them all here uh, and I'm in some kind of relatively reasonable state. Um, So that was was what I, I pitched to Mrs S and she went for it which I'm a little I'm still a little bit surprised about. So I've consequently I've had a day here um on my on my own. Um and it's been very warm uh and it's been it's been a really it's been a, a, a really pleasant day. I've not been out much because I I did actually have I did actually have some things to do, some pod, some a some podcast stuff to do and a little bit of MIA work to type before um starting the holiday proper so I'd so I I didn't I've not but I have been out this evening and I went out for a walk, for a nice walk along the beach um, and, and done a little bit, well, I've done a couple of shopping and, and yada, yada, yada. So um, 
it's it's but it's really strange and it's been really strange all day being here as a tourist on my own because whenever i've been anywhere whenever i've traveled on my own i've traveled for work and i've kind of been in that work mindset and i've kind of been i've had a schedule and things to do and today i've been here um just really essential i mean if i wanted to just sit by the pool all day and just on that i could easily have, have, have just done that um i you know i have made a little bit of effort but i i, I can't tell you it's been a difficult day uh, because i would absolutely uh, be lying um so um and, I, and do you know what i don't know if i'll ever do this again um, it was one of those that seemed on paper to, to be a good idea. And actually, it's, it's worked out fine. And the fact the flights, you know, that everybody else is on is delayed. Um, now, of course, you'd be thinking, well, why couldn't everybody have come yesterday? Um, that was more to do with the kids um, not being not taking the kids out of school. So, uh, which actually is my fault as well, if I'm being perfectly honest, because we could have taken Jack out of school. That wouldn't be a, wouldn't have been a major issue. Um, that more concerned about Josh because he's obviously and he's he's in year ten, so it's it's he's in his he's in the middle of GCSE. He's not f- proper, but he's in his GCSE two year period. Um, but that's one day probably wouldn't have been a major issue. But of course, it's all massively complicated because I'm now a governor at that school and it would have been very bad form for a governor to have taken his child out. So instead, what this particular governor had done has left his child in school, but actually cleared off to Spain on his own, um, which doesn't sound a lot better when you actually say it out loud. Um, I will leave you with that. Um, have a have a really nice weekend. For all those who are going to Leicester for the Meridian weekend, have a great time. Um, I I will be missing you. I'll be looking out for the uh, for some of the posts. Uh, I hope I hope the the gigs are uh, as good as I'm sure they'll be. Um, and for everybody else, have a great weekend. I hope the weather improves. It was blowing a gale when I set off yesterday. I don't know what it's like now. Uh, and I'll see you when I get back. <laughs> therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production